Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your bi-weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer. With me, as always, is Jeremy Bratitich. I don't know where my phone is. I, I, ca- I can't help you with that. Right. Do you, do you want me to call it? Oh, it's right there. Can you chuck it to me? Oh, nice phone. Thank you. Oh, that was close that to was so many close. things. <laughs> uh, yes, so here's Jeremy and... That's it. Yeah. We're, we're alone. You and I together. Unfortunately, June is unwell. The smallest of maps. <laughs> well. The smallest of all maps. Uh, what are we on our own? Double map. On our own. Not alone. No, yeah, no, alone. Not together. Wait, why would, on our, why would we be double map alone and not together? Oh, what are we on our own? Yes. Oh, <laughs> boring. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Oh, Speaking boy. of your stream, I'm kidding. It's fine. Oh, 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 funny. Funny jokes. <laughs> so, um, sometimes, uh, most other times when one, one or more of us has been sick, uh, we kind of cancel the podcast that week and we, we come back ne- when next we can but this is that time where games have come out and we're in a position at the moment not only where Jeremy and I have both been playing new games um, which is rare in and of itself um, but we both have like stuff to say about it yeah so we're, we're just gonna so it's gonna be a bit of a shorter one we're not gonna have June's question corner because obviously that's June's and June's not here. And, like, it would be weird to answer that question and then not get another one queued up and then, like, have June answer. We're just going to... We'll sort it out later. Um, so, it might be a bit of a shorter one. Uh, but we, we've got some... We've got some what we've been playing. We've got some news. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll just... We'll just... Together, we will, we will get through this episode. Yep. If you enjoy any part of this episode or any part of any other episodes that you listen to uh feel free to head on over to uh not only our website minimap.com.au where you can find all of our content but you can also head over to patreon.com slash minimapau if you want to consider supporting uh the website and these podcasts and the things that we're doing there are lots of cool perks uh you can get all the outtakes of the episodes i cut them together each week um or rather each time we do this this pod and any podcast um so you can get those and um other things like our show notes just cool little little perks for you have a look there see if you could consider supporting us and if you don't otherwise we'll be here anyway for you to listen to with your ears and your hearts i'm very hungry (laughs) (laughs) speaking of hearts (laughs) What what do you believe you've been playing Kingdom Hearts? No. Okay. How do you want to start? Do you shall we just shall we start at the top or I want to start with some breaking news. Oh. Uh not related to games though. Oh. Uh Suicide Squad 2 is probably gonna be rated R. Oh. Uh James Gunn Suicide Squad. Um and the first reply that I saw was Polkadoc Man eats ass or I riot. <laughs> so Yeah, I can very see funny. that. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I thought I'd share. That's all right. Yeah. You know, I don't know who Polka Dot Man is. Right. It's a character. He eats ass, apparently. 
cool. Yeah. No. Yep. Um, Jeremy, let let us let us please talk about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. Bad name. First up. It's not great. Bad name. It's confusing. Yeah. Long. Let's let's play Star Wars Jedi. Yeah. Oh, which one? <laughs> yeah. Like and it, yeah, it's like are they gonna make it if they're gonna make a series of Jedi games, like maybe, but they're not going to. This is X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> oh. You think? Yeah. I don't know. I've heard a lot of people saying that they'd be happy and unsurprised to find more from this group. Oh, no. I think the next one, I, they'll make a sequel. I'm assu- I mean, I don't know how the game ends, but I mean, I'm assuming they'll make another one. But I mean, like, I don't think it'll be called Star Wars Jedi. Attack Rising of- Order. Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Unless, but I mean... Do you remember the naming conventions for the original, like, 90s first-person shooter? Because they had, like, Star Wars Dark Forces. Yeah. And then it was Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight. And then it was Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. I never played any of those. And then it was, like, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2. Right. Yeah, I've never played any of those games. I've got them all because I bought like that Star Wars bundle that went on sale yeah. for like four bucks like 10 years ago. Yeah. I played one of them up until you became the Jedi and then I didn't know the button for force push because they didn't, hadn't taught it to me. And so I closed the game and never opened it like, right. a year and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this game, this one made by Respawn Entertainment came out on November 15th, just a couple of days after we uh, recorded our last podcast. Um, Same day as Pokemon, which neither of us have played. That's right. Um... Made by Respawn, made by EA. This is part of EA's 10-year Star Wars license agreement um, that has not gone that well in the last few years, looking at you, Battlefront 2. Looking at you, Battlefront 1 and... Battlefront 1 was disappointing. Battlefront 2 was a debacle. Yeah, but I mean, but also looking at all the other cancelled Star Wars games that have been around. Oh my God, I didn't even think of those. Yeah. This one isn't cancelled. No, this one is released. Isn't a debacle. Is released. Took two years to make, I think, right? Like, it didn't take long. Four years of development. Four years of development, right. Yeah, Yeah. so they they would have been working on it while... There would have been pre-production happening on this while Titanfall 2 was getting finished in 2016. Um, I can't believe that LEGO has yielded more fruits to Star Wars than EA has. I mean, I can, but that's because they did it first. Uh, I mean, like, LEGO games. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. LEGO Star Wars games. I don't know if it's more fruits, because they've had, like... Four Lego Star Wars games. Yeah. There were plenty there have been plenty of great Star Wars games before this EA deal. Yeah, but I mean like comparing them, comparing Traveller's Tales to EA Traveller's Tales has already done better. <laughs> yeah. I mean I get there's like a there's like a you know, there's like formula, right? But I mean also like they put out games <laughs> like they're out there. You can pay for them and buy them. That's true. That said, we, we keep we keep we keep distracting ourselves. Mm. This game is out. Yes, I've played it. Jeremy, how many hours have you put into it? I don't know. I sort of I, I I kept on pausing and coming back to it, so I don't really have a rough idea. Maybe maybe eight, maybe maybe eight six. Hours, yeah, eight. Probably probably close to eight. Cool. So I was talking to you before. You just unlocked Kashik, right? Yes. And you're busy doing, you're unlocking stuff on Zepho. I went to Zepho. Yeah, you've done stuff on Zepho. Yeah. Yeah. And you learned force push. Yes. Cool. I've 
I've played maybe more like 20. I uh, haven't finished the game. Doing my very thorough thing, which I'm enjoying. Um, this is not quite my favorite game of the year. But honestly, it's close. Right. And I say that it's the most I've enjoyed an imperfect game in a long time. I can see that. Like, it's the most imperfect... Like, it is my favorite imperfect game, if that makes sense. Yeah, like I gotcha. Yeah. It's not it's not showing you anything you really haven't seen. It like, you know, in not in not as a slight, but I mean it's not it's not breaking new ground. Um I'd say it is in a couple of areas, but they're more like Star Wars specific areas. It's yeah. like like wielding a, a lightsaber like this yeah. is really good. Yeah, it, it's it's never felt better. No, no, yeah. it hasn't. It didn't feel this good in when you were Star Wars heroes in uh Battlefront. Yeah. And, and Force Awakens, oh, sorry, Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed was yeah, so arcadey and light yeah. and fluffy and also so the, the moody. Force in Force Unleashed was cool. Yeah, that was that was the best part of that game. Yes, yeah, st- like the actual lightsaber wasn't. Yeah. So like the authenticity of the setting and the music and the the actual lightsaber and the animations and stuff like that, it's all top notch. Yeah. And there's there are a lot of, it's just missing, like. Like nine months of polish, you know. Nine months of, I mean, like, sort of, yeah. Because it's not just like, oh, there's this one little thing that got overlooked. Like there are some design issues, like in in some areas that, that like the in some ways that some of the platforming sections have been put together, and yeah, and there are some issues in terms of how maybe some of the combat sections have been put together every now and then, very much more rarely than the than the level design stuff. Yeah, um, and there's like know, there's some issues with like. Well, I mean, we should preface the game by it's it's very it's very close to a From Software game in in a lot of ways in in combat at least yeah well combat and like the way you die and come back and yep. like the way the checkpoints work like there's there's stations you know that you can meditate at yeah and that is your bonfires. yeah and that is where you can upgrade your character that is where you can save your game and that is your checkpoint and and when you save all the enemies come back yes. Yeah, like very similar to Dark Souls, Sekiro. You've got stims instead of Estus flasks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when you get killed by an enemy, they are highlighted and they are an enemy where if you kill them, you can get some... What do you get back? So, yeah, the enemy that kills you, um, basically you lose your experience. Yeah. Um, whatever experience you had at the time. Killing them gets you your experience back, or it refills your health and force bar. Yeah. Um, basically making it so that you can go into fighting this tough enemy that killed you um, with a full, with an extra, like, full stock of, yeah. like, like, you were just better equipped for the fight. Yeah. I, um, I don't like that. I don't mind it. I find it more annoying because, like, when you hit them, like, time slows and I'm like, no, I'm in the middle of a combo. Like, get me out of the way. And sometimes I get hit. Right. Um, I mean, Besides from that, I find it inoffensive. Like, I mean, as in, I don't think it works. Like as in, like it's entirely forgettable. Well, no, as in like that's a Sith thing. That's not a thing a Jedi should be focusing on. That's that's revenge. That is like that is hunting, and that yeah. that doesn't work for a Jedi. I think. I, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and I think thematically it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, like that is that is, you know, that is the 
the most egregious ludonarrative dissidence in this entire game. It is very much like systems battling against what the game is trying to tell you. I was listening to someone say that like they were making their cow be like the worst person ever because they were just like they were grinding for experience points. So yeah. they were just like loading up this one camp, slaughtering these stormtroopers, yeah. respawning and waiting for the next wave of stormtroopers. Mm. Like that's not yeah. That's not the Jedi way. That's not the Jedi but, way. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, that, that's more just like video games having to work as video games. But yeah. th- this system especially is very much like, I don't think that quite works. You're right. I don't think it works thematically. The way you pointed it out is a good point. But also, I don't think it like, I don't think it's necessary for the game either. Like, no, it's not. Because like the area I'm going through, I'm going to go through and kill that person anyway. It's I guess yeah. it's nice to have the health boost. But unless, I really need it. Unless it's a boss. Yeah. Which is just annoying at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a way to... It's another way, instead of just having, like, a pool of experience on the ground, like in Dark Souls, they just tie it to the enemy that killed you. Yeah. It's a neat variation on it, but I find it entirely silly. Yeah. Anyway, so I guess the reason I'm enjoying this game so much is it's... it In its level design and its structure, it's reminding me of, like, an old-school PS2 adventure platformer. Like jack in some ways right like you've got your um your site you're kind of like open paths you've got your like open areas and then you like get to these hub areas where there's a bunch of enemies and then you can like fork off from there. there's like four or five different paths and then from there so it's a linear section of combat then some platforming then like a slide section then some more combat and then that gets you to this certain unlock or um or cosmetic unlock or something like that yeah. Um, and I'm really enjoying its structure like that. Like, there's just something about it that's ticking off an old, an old area of my gaming nostalgia brain that hasn't been ticked in a while. Um, yeah, I. You know what I mean in terms of that structure? I, I, I know exactly what you mean, and I think that's probably what's helping me go through this because, like, we we spoke about this very briefly off air just about like our general thoughts of the game and you were saying you were loving it and I was saying I like it but yeah. I, don't, I don't love it and mo- mostly my shortcomings are with um, the level design and the um, platforming and yeah but like the part that is pulling me through is the fun like yeah like that aspect of the old school type of game yeah Yes, that that is what's getting me through it. It it, it also does remind me of Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Dexter, like you said. Like yeah. it's especially like almost like Uncharted as well. Yeah. Um, like it's very like set piecey. Yeah. And then moving on, and I almost feel like some of the set piece, like I well, I do like the set piece stuff. Every now and again, there's like a little platforming section, which is sort of set piecey in the sense of like it's a dramatic jump to a ledge or something, right? And. I think that stuff doesn't work as much as the bigger set pieces or rather there shouldn't be as many of them only because it's like if I'm traveling to and from these sections, I don't want to have to keep going through this like section over and over again right? to get in between where I need to go. Um, so it's, yeah, it almost feels like it's come through like a portal from like seven years ago yeah but except it's, but it's aged well though like yeah be, be, it's because, not like you're playing an old game well it's no just, because, because it feels modern because it is a modern game yeah it's it's odd yeah it is odd I, I, I really like it though it I think one of the things that's really pulling me through I've heard a lot of people say that they've really struggled with the first 
five to eight hours of the game. Right. And I wonder if you're feeling that as well. As if you're, like difficulty-wise, or do you mean... Design, just like- difficulty levels, like, like you get stronger as like you get more things to do in combat and in traversal and stuff like that. You you get stronger as you get through the game. Yeah. And that makes it more enjoyable. That's what I've heard other people say. But yeah. also that um the, the like they just the the loop of the game clicks with them a bit better. Right. I from mean from a certain point, basically from Kashyyyk is what I've heard people say. Right, okay. No, I mean like I did enjoy the levels that I played. Um it did take me a little bit to get used to it. Like because yeah. I think I was playing it like a Star Wars game and I'm just like mashing lightsaber, 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 lightsaber. And the game punishes you for that. Yeah. And I fell back into my old Sekiro mode of like, okay, I think this through. Um, which I liked because I had a lot of fun learning that with Sekiro and yep. re- relearning it was enjoyable. It it literally reminded me of the article that I wrote six what months ago yeah. um, where I did just have a moment where I just like stopped and studied and listened and reacted and then waited and stopped and studied and listened and reacted, which was against that giant fucking awful bog toad or whatever the fuck it's called. Ogdo Bogdo. That, that's the one. That guy fucks you up. Yeah, he sure does. That guy, I, I, I just kept on going. Such a hard optional boss. Yes, so early that on. I couldn't, I couldn't leave. Yeah. I, I left, I did leave, do the rest of like the, the stuff I had to do on that planet. And then I came back That's on my way to the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't, I was doing them before I was getting health. Yeah. I was doing it before you get health packs. Oh, that's, that's fucked. Yeah. No, that was you, really hard. You, you need that. And I got him three quarters of the way down without using health. That's intense. Yeah, Good I, work. I was, I was really, really like whittling and studying and doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, the part that I thought didn't work at all was because he was the one that was killing me all the time. He was a highlighted enemy because he yeah. was like the, he was the, the one you need to kill to get your stuff back. But also didn't matter. Cause like you were just going there anyway. Yeah. And like, that's not the issue. But the issue I had was there are some attacks, which you cannot parry. You have to dodge Yes, and the enemy turns red when those attacks happen. And I couldn't see him turning red until that's I right. hit him. That's right. Cause it's like, it's the same effect, but gold. That's yes. what highlights them. Yeah. And it was overriding the red, effect and so i couldn't see those attacks and i had to like watch his body yeah which was very dark souls yeah that said you get used to the you you start figuring out the animations you're like yeah oh, no. he's about to fuck me up yeah he's only got like five attacks yeah um but yeah it was he is he can two shot you yeah he can and he does and like if you get staggered then and you're against the wall you're fucked yep i had rounds where i'd go in there and i'd get him low and then i'd go straight back in get caught off guard and be dead immediately in like 20 seconds yep. with no recourse. Yeah. I couldn't dodge away fast enough, heal and get out of the way before the next attack. Yep. Um, I think this game nails its setting. It na- It's so authentic yeah. in a way that I like it. That that's part of what's pulling me through. Right. It means that I love the cutscenes. I love them. I think they're very well acted, yeah. very well realized graphically. Um, but more than that, like the setting, the the ship is awesome. BD is maybe the best droid ever. Right. And totally in line with, with what it looks like. The hyperspace effect when you're in the Mantis and you're mm. going through. Talking to Grease is this this other alien race who I've never seen before and it's totally fine. And he's got these mutton chops that come up under his eyes. And like walking through and you're you're talking with Wookiees. Granted, they look terrible, but that's neither here nor there. It kind of <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, like at the soundtrack is so... Yeah, soundtrack it's is good. so Star Wars. Yeah. And 
the lightsaber sound effects is really good and the lightsabers change with the different colors that you use. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you use the blue and it's just like the sound like, Doom. and then you use that green one and it's like Return of the Jedi where it's that, it does that, like, high pitch, like, like yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah. so, it just works so well. Deflecting the blaster bolts, the stormtrooper chatter, how crap they are at shooting things. Yeah, they're good. Like, and they, they are doing my favorite thing about like like any evil like regime yeah is like they do the wolfenstein 2 thing where like the evil fascist empire they're just so fucking stupid yeah. like they are so obscenely dumb yeah the thing is they're powerful and that's all they've got and they're just so moronic and every stormtrooper is just a fucking dipshit yeah and i adore it yeah. every moment and then, like, you come up against those purge troopers. Have you come up against any of those yet? What do they do? So they're they're the ones in the black armor, in the same armor as the as the inquisitors. Uh, no, I haven't seen them. Okay, yet. yeah. There's only like one or two on Zepho, I think. Right. Um. And they've got like fancy batons and like fancy guns and stuff like that. They're harder to kill. They're kind of like mini bosses. They're like right. Okay. Super hard to kill. Right. And they're so fucking arrogant. Right, like, and they're all they're all like die traitor, and yeah. But there's this one, there's this one guy in Kashyyyk who's like a blasters perch trooper, and he's like sadistic and all like, like can't be satisfied with the kill, and it's just like I need more. He's just like firing away. He's, he's just like, like caustic. Challenge me, Jedi. <laughs> and it's just like oh yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, there was one. Every now and then you'll find a purge trooper and they're like in when they have to fight some of the like rats, the like fauna of the area. And that and I like walk in so they start doing the chatter. Um and then I like backed out to just let the rats like take down some of the the stamina for the purge trooper and the purge trooper was like, This is a Jedi <laughs> while like smacking up these rats. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> was funny. But yeah, just the all of that together is incredible. Yeah. It's it, good. It, it, this world is so amazing to be a part of and it's great to not be tied into set loose from the um the canon basically but still around it. Yeah. Like you're not stuck with skywalkers basically. Mm. Um like you're not chasing some legacy from Obi-Wan. You're not chasing like something to get the plans to layer or anything like that. Yes. Yeah. It's its own story and it works tremendously. Yeah. And there's plenty of nods. There's plenty of stuff yeah. like, um, like there are. They talk about Yaddle. What? They talk about Yaddle. No, they don't. In this game. <laughs> yeah. They talk about Yaddle. They talk about Yaddle. When? There's a conversation I had when I got off the second planet. I don't remember what one it was. When I was going towards Zepho. And, um,. I don't know any of the characters' names. The alien was talking to the woman. Grease was talking to Sia. Yeah. And the, uh, the and because Grease doesn't really know much about the Jedi Order. Yeah. And he's like, I heard about this 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 Jedi, this Je- great Jedi master who was green with funny ears. And, and the woman was like, are you talking about Master Yoda? And he's like, no, I'm talking about Yaddle. <laughs> <laughs> and starts talking about Yaddle for like a minute. And yeah. I'm sitting there going... They're talking about Yaddle. <laughs> <laughs> and they talk about a lot of stuff that's in like the Rebel series. Right, okay, um, that's and, cool. And the Clone Wars like animated series, like right. um the Night Sisters from mm. Dathomir. Yeah. Um 
I don't know. I haven't don't know the series. I just know that they're a part of that. Yeah. And like you see, um, is that like a Sarge Ventress and stuff? I think that's what, what they're a part of. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on the first planet, you start out on like Cal is working as a scrapper. Yeah. And so his job is to put to scrap all of the all of the equipment from the Clone Wars that is now being turned into Star Destroyers and AT-ATs and ATSTs. Yeah. Like all of the gunships, all of the, not like the colonial Star. All of the stuff from like the Separatists era. Yeah. M- turning yeah. it into like Empire weapons. Good and bad. Yeah. Um, it's really incredible. Yeah. It's and great. Th- and you see that ship. Which one? The crashed one. Well, yeah, which one? <laughs> well, like you see like the Jedi, um, the Jedi little- Oh yeah, you see the Jedi fighter. That's yeah. right. I saw that. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. And like that that immediately reminded me of like when I was enjoying uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Totally. I was like, oh man, those ships are so cool. Just a quick aside. Someone came into work the other day saying, oh, my son wants me to try and find some Clone Wars, Star Wars Lego. I'm like, oh. She was like, yeah, it turns out they haven't released any since like 2005. I was like- yeah, no, that's what I wanted when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, this, have, you've got no hope. I have some of that. Yeah. yeah. Like, and like, and what I said to the person was, your son has incredible taste. Because <laughs> that shit was awesome. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was. Um, the, so. the thing I think I don't like about the game the most is the same issue I have with Titanfall. Yeah. Which is the, where I need to go moment to moment I get lost a lot in right. this game. There's a lot of times where I'm looking around going like, how the fuck am I supposed to get there? And I'm like, you know, running around the edges of the walls trying to find where I'm supposed to climb. And right. some stuff looks like I can climb. I can't. And some stuff I don't know I can climb. And I'm like, oh, well, there's a fucking fur on the walls. I can just climb that like it's goddamn Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> but it, 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 it does the same, the same issues for me that Titanfall 2 had, which was like, I'm also not always sure what direction I need to be going. Right. The map helps me a lot more, but- it, I was going to say that, use that map to your yeah. advantage. And I but I don't want to have to. It's not about having to though. It's a tool. I like know. it's a tool for you to use. Yeah, I know. But like, I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in doom, right? I feel like I'm in like 2016 doom and I'm like checking the map all the time. of like, which direction, which direction do I need to go next? I feel I only use the map in sections where there's like multiple entrances and exits and like- or like I get to an area and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'm not quite sure where to go here. I'll open it up. Oh, so that there's a, a closed door over there that I don't know how to access yet. Uh, there's an open thing over there, but there's a side area over here. I'll decide to go that way. Right. Like it, it'll, like it just allows me to make an informed decision about what I want to do and where I want to go. That's yeah, what I, I know. feel. Yeah, I know. But I, I've, I think what I, all I want from it is like do the naughty dog thing of like, you can see the goal from where you need to go yeah. and you just sort of vaguely go in that direction and it guides you there. You want some better weenies. I, I, I just want like a, like a, like a helping hand basically of like which direction I need to actually be moving towards. Yeah. And then the game can force me into the corridors. It wants me to go yeah. down um, because then I would, and then I'm just like all the way in. I um, think it's, I think it gets a little bit more linear after Zepho. Okay. I think Kashyyyk is slightly more linear. Right. Like, you've, you've got plenty of, like, rooms that branch off, but you don't have that many. Right. Um, until, like, certain areas. Once you... When you get to, like, like Imperial Compounds, then there's lots of, like, elevators that loop back on themselves and, like, zip lines that take you back to once where you once were. So, that can... That means you're looking at a larger area than what's accessible. Right. Um, honestly, I would just... Yeah, just just follow a path. Like, just, just pick a way. Right. And if you end up... Unlocking an extra poncho, then 
Yeah. Great. I've, or you could do the thing that I did. I thought I was going down an extra path and then I landed in a boss fight. Oh, right. Like, the, like these elevated doors open and it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's also, it also does the Star Wars thing of having like a charismatic void for them for a main character. Yeah, he it, gets better. Yeah, but I mean, they all do. They all start right. off as like, I sort of don't care, aside from Ray. Yeah. Like, Ray's the only character from from like the first minute I cared about. Every other like main Star Wars character in yeah. like any movies, the TV shows, the games, it's just like this husk. <laughs> it's just- Totally, yeah. yeah. Sam, I was talking to Sam about this. Sam made a really good point that the- um. In terms of diversity, they do a really great job. As I think Star Wars has been doing in the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Um, except for the fact that the main character is a bog standard, boring ass yeah. white dude. Yeah. Which, like, is, which is a shame because the actor... Um, Cameron Monaghan. Cameron, yes. He's a great actor. He's tremendous. Yeah, he's very good. And I think... His I think performance he, he, is good. He gets, he's, he's got a great performance here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he doesn't get much to work with. Yeah. And like... Um, Cal Yeah Cal 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 Kestis Really boring fucking name I'm not going to say anything Because the rest of that conversation um, evolved or Revolved around some story spo- spoilers That I won't ruin for you or for the audience okay. um, But I love this game Right Sam's, Sam's finding it a bit like Oh it's just a bit like Oh, it, it, oh Like a bit just let down by it In some areas as a spectator Yeah And that's because we're coming off the back of having played Spider-Man, God of War, and Uncharted ah, in the last year. The big three. Yeah. Um, which are like tens, you know? They're yeah, perfect. Yeah. At, at least in terms of that. Like, Spider-Man is, in, in from a spectator's point of view, like, the animations... Hmm. There's, there's no point in time where the animations don't work. There's yeah. no point in time where, like, something zips from one side to the other just because they didn't have that. Yeah. Just because they need to cut that corner. God of War yeah, is the same th- there's way. There's those small nuances in performance in God of War, which is just like head and shoulders above everything else exactly and uncharted has got those set pieces which are like a staple of sony at this point exactly which i think by the way star wars is a great job of rivaling i think yeah. those 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 there's like escape sequences and and big moments like that i think they do a great job with those yeah um but yeah sam's like oh it's just a, pr- a, ch- a shame because bd will do a thing where when he goes to do something on his own, he like hops off your shoulder, yeah. scurries over to something and you'll either want to scan it or he can like, um, you can like overcharge something or he can sit by a panel if he's going to like slice it. Yeah. Um, and that means he needs to stay there. And if you decide to go the other way, a lot of the time that's in like areas to like open up another way. Um, but then you can go another way. So yeah. he'll stay by that panel for a while. And then Cal's like, BD, come on. And if you get to a point where you're like, jumping over a ledge or like walking into a crevice or jumping on a zip line, BD just teleports to your location. Yeah. Um, and like, it's, it's to the point that I forgive it. Yeah. But Sam's like, ah, oh, like the animations are so good. And then they do that. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I get it. And then Sam's like, ah, oh, but the pacing, the pacing's really off. And then we get these cutscenes that kind of give you this dump of character development. And then, yeah. and then it's three hours more of, of just exploring and no character development. It's like, yeah, I get it. But all of that stuff is forgivable for me because it 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 clicks in my brain. Right, yeah. The setting, the combat, the exploration, it's all good enough to to look past all of those flaws. Yeah. 
It's the most forgivably bad. <laughs> it's not bad, but the badness yeah. is easily forgivable for me. It's the most Star Wars game ever because it's like fine. Like Star Wars is good with like a capital G and a full stop at the end. <laughs> and like th- that game is good with a capital G and a full stop at the end. Like it's not phenomenal. I would say it's great. Right. I would say it's great. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, and, you know, that's also, like, that's, like, our opinions of this, but it's also, totally. like, like it, it's... It's not perfect. No. I mean, Star Wars never has been. No. <laughs> and that's why I think this game is the most representative of Star Wars as, like, a franchise as well as, like, a game yeah. capturing the essence. It's, like, more pulpy than Uncharted ever was. Like, Uncharted hooks you in with feelings and yeah. performance and stuff like that. This is more pulpy. This is more, like... Yeah. There for the there for the fun and the ride and the good yeah. times. Um, I highly recommend anyone to pick this game up because it's got difficulty modes, so you can play it if it's a if it's an issue. I have heard it's not the most accessible if like in terms of people with like um like uh, motor difficulties and stuff like that. Right. Um, like Steven Spawn was saying that he he personally can't play it. Right. Um, was it him or was it Steve Saylor? Don't remember. Okay. But someone was saying that it wasn't entirely accessible enough for their issues. Right. That said, if if you are able to, I definitely recommend that you can right. go ahead and get this game. Can we can can we please move out of that time frame in Star Wars, please? What between three and four? God, please. <laughs> Fucking why is it always there? Oh man, I'm digging it. I'm I'm so give me something. Like, the Mandalorian's the first fucking thing in this goddamn universe <laughs> that doesn't happen in between the movies. Yeah. And it does, but it's at least a section of the movies that we haven't seen yet. That's true. We've seen this place. We've been there time and time. There are two movies set there. There's two series fucking set there. Yeah, but I haven't seen the series, so going to Dathomir is really cool. And I feel like this is a new area of Kashyyyk that I haven't seen before. And also, it's in, like, the transition period between the... Everything's in the transition period. No, no, They're no, but, all like... there. No, but, like, I feel like in the Rebel series, or, like, in Rogue One or in Force Unleashed, it was always, like, it's in the time where it is just the Empire now, and we've already got Star Destroyers and Stormtroopers and this and that and this and that. This, you see Clone Trooper helmets and Clone Trooper remains and... Guerrilla fighters are still using the old gunships because that's what they've got available to them. Like, yeah, it's in the it's in the changeover period, and I and I love it. That that, that changeover period is like forty years. It's like not that long. Exactly. But Wait, no, the- it's like twenty years. It's like twenty five. How old's Luke? I'm at the beginning of, of twenty five. Right? Is he twenty five? No, he can't be twenty five. In the, at the beginning of a new. How old's Leia? Same age as Luke. I know, but she could be 25. <laughs> no way. They're like 18. You, you're saying like visually or like... No, in the, in the movies. Nah. They're, 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 all, they're, they're not that old. Leia's not that young. Luke- she's a full diplomat in that movie. And they're not like, oh, just a kid. No, she's a kid. No she, way. She's a diplomat, but she's also a kid. They don't treat her like one. Yeah, that's because she commands. Like, she has presence. Luke is like... I don't want to work on the farm anymore. <laughs> Maybe that's because he's been there for 25 years. Yeah. Everything about that? Hasn't been for 25 years. Oh. You Googling it? Yes. How old is Luke in 
A New Hope. 19 years old. Fuck. You win. Anyway, play this game. I love it. I'm so excited for it. And like, they're, they're just, it's very good. There's a story point that I'm excited for you to get to. I want to hear what you think about it. You might not like it, but I, it, it got me. Okay. It, it really got me. Like that song called You Really Got Me. Yeah. You really got me. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, talk to me about Planet Zoo. Right. Um, I didn't get a lot of time to play it. That's okay. Um, but I played at least the tutorial, the entire tutorial. Um, so what was that, four hours? No, tutorial's tutorial quite streamlined. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but then like the tutorial ends and it just gives you like the world to play with, basically. Right. Um, so what is Planet Zoo? It is Zoo Tycoon. Have you played Rollercoaster Tycoon? Are you aware of Rollercoaster Tycoon? I am aware of it. You know SimCity? For those who aren't... <laughs> it's a zoo managing sim. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the vein of Zoo Tycoon, Rollercoaster Tycoon. So you, you train create tycoon. enclosures and rides yeah. and people come. Well, like not, yeah, like rides in, in Rollercoaster, yeah, in, in Planet Coaster and stuff. Um, but in this one, it is like the, you, you control the zoo and the animals and the park, the exhibit, and you got to manage, you know, you got to manage like power and you got to manage money and like you got to make your exhibits, like the habitats, um, uh, correct like for plants for the animals um so they got like the plants should be from the same like continent and climate as the animals that you're putting them with mm. um you got to give them like entertainment the right food and then you got to like manage like the zookeepers um all that all that good stuff um i love tycoon games like one of my favorite games when growing up was rollercoaster tycoon 2 mm-hmm. um i played so much of that game um and that's why i fell in love with like SimCity 4 and then to a lesser extent SimCity, the new one that the one from 2013 or whatever oh, okay yeah yeah um but then city skylines came out and like I, I fell in love with that one more um and i didn't play a lot of zoo tycoon when i was young because i was mostly just playing that on my friend's computer but like that's a lot of fun to make a zoo, as it turns out. To, to manage that stuff is cool. So um, how's this one? This one's very good. This one's like Planet Coaster, which I haven't played, um, but is very... It's sort of exactly what I want. Like, it does everything really well. Um, there's a marketplace of animals, and so the price goes up oh. and down. Like, oh. not, not like a... not like a. It's like a fake marketplace. You, yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. trade with other, like, players or anything, but it's like a... You know, this is how much this animal is worth at the moment. Um... And you're not buying them; you're adopting them. Oh, for money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it's still it's still a game. It's kind of like the way that, like, in the Adelaide Zoo, they've got pandas on loan from China. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except it's all permanent. Um, the the building enclosures, the way that works in the game is really good. I have seen some videos. It seems like a lot of like terrain terraforming so so much you build mountains for your monkeys and and little caves for your bears yeah and you got to make sure like they're the right height like the walls the right height otherwise they can escape right um so you got to like take take in like for example i built this tiger exhibit and that's always like okay now now like we've already dug a hole here which you can do later on if you'd like um but then fill that up with water that way the animals can play in it and drink from it at the same time Mm. 
Um, and so I built everything and they're like, cool, now raise the walls because these walls are not at all high enough and the tigers will be able to jump out. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. And it's like, yeah, no, you got to raise these walls by like at least 40%. <laughs> um, and the way the walls work is like, you can have like brick and cement walls and stuff and then you can replace some walls with glass and then those, the viewing stations for the, for the, um, guests. Mm. And it's, in, it's done in a really well-made way. Like it's very naturally done it it like you're not really working in a framework like the old ones were where you would oh, like okay. set everything up and you'd put like seats and like the the people would sit in this to watch the animals and you would set that all up very strictly this is very loose of like you know chuck a window here so they can look in and then chuck a window over here so they can look in and they don't get too crowded over there and then pop some donation boxes around that area so that if they really like that animal they'll pop some money in so mm. you can keep getting money mm. Um, it's very natural and a lot of like the management, like the hardcore management stuff is quite good of like, you know, you got to make sure that the zookeepers can get there. And if, you know, when they're, when they're feeding the animals and going through the rotations, there's enough of them and that there's enough zoo huts nearby, enough enem uh, enemies, enough animals <laughs> so that, you know, when they're hungry more often, they can go back and forth between their hut to keep feeding them. Um, and you have to like maintain animal happiness. You have to maintain the right amount of animals and the right type of animals together. So if you've got like six adult male birds, they're not going to have a good time. You need to get like the right balance of males to females and right. age groups as well. Um, oh my god, it's so intense, so yeah. much to manage. And it's it's and it's all presented in a really clean way. Like, it's not hard to figure out. It tells you what's what's wrong and what's right. It's very manageable. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. It's really, really cool. Um, makes my computer run like shit. <laughs> so that's why you're buying computer parts tonight. That was one of the main reasons. Because, <laughs> because like, it's... it's there's a lot of systems going on. I want to buy some gorillas. On. Because there's a lot of systems going on, a lot of animals and... What? Keep going. Okay. A, a lot of animals and a lot of, like people all walking around they all have their own you know what what they're thinking what they're enjoying and and everything's working together in a special way so there's a lot of processing power going on for my processor which is very bad oh no little processor yeah and so i'm running like and the, the graphics are not very big so the graphics are running fine on my computer yeah but the actual way the game is working not so much so when i when this, because you can play and pause the simulation, and say like something's gone really, really bad, you got to change it really quickly. You can pause the simulation, fix a bunch of stuff, and then hit play, and everything will be done instantly. Yeah, like The Sims, or yeah. And so, I pause the simulation, and I get forty-five to fifty FPS, and I play the simulation, and it goes down to twenty. Oh. and so it's very clear cut of what is holding my computer back. Yeah, um, or rather, what it, what part of my computer is holding the game back. Um, which is my processor. Your poor buddy. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the many reasons I'm buying another one. However, um, yeah, the game is a lot of fun and I, I, I'm excited to get new computer parts to um, play the game properly with like... Solid. Play any game properly. Well, to play, to play this and Destiny properly is basically <laughs> where I'm at. Maybe Battlefield 5 as well because that did not oh, play yeah. well. Yeah. Battlefield 4 was the game that had me upgrade my PC. Really? It was the game I wanted to play and like struggled through playing like 10, 15 FPS, you know, right. competitive online shooter or it would just crash. 
Yeah, um, the, the one for me that was bad was Battlefield Five because of the amount of destruction. Yeah. So as the match went on, my frame rate would dip further and further as yeah. more it had to calculate more things at any given moment. That was that was bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. The music is really nice. Um, uh, there's this really cool thing where you like you make a a manager of the park. Yeah, so you, you can create your own character and be a part of like the Planet Zoo. And so um, while I was playing, I had loaded up the game and I was playing it. Um, uh, someone on my friends list was like in like the character that they had made was then walking around my zoo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, but like it wasn't like they weren't actually there. Like they, okay, they didn't right. join my game, but their character were was in my zoo. Yeah. Um, which was funny. So I, I would like to be able to visit other people's zoos. I don't think you can, but I think that would be a cool thing. That would be awesome. Um, and yeah, aside from that, I'm not sure what the point of actually making a character aside from that, but I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Just a little like, oh yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing that game more. <laughs> looking forward to playing that game properly. Yes. <laughs> um, what's No Players Online? Okay, so I spoke about this very briefly at the end of last podcast. Mm. Um, no Plays Online is a indie game I found on Itch. Um, very short. I think it goes for about 20 minutes. Okay. Um, and the game is a, a little horror thriller game about finding a online game with nobody in it. Like, like an abandoned online game. Oh, right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... And so it, it's it's like, imagine you find a game from like 20 years ago, right? And like, no one's playing it, but you load up and you just start like exploring the multiplayer map just to see what was around. Yeah. But then you start like seeing another player in the match. Yeah. And they'll like be there for a second, then they'll like disappear. Oh, no. It's cool. It's it's like super lo-fi. It's like Quake graphics. Right. Um, And it's very eerie. And then all of a sudden, like... There's like graphical glitches, which you're not sure if a graphical glitch glitches or not. Right. Um, and I, w- I won't spoil the very end of the game. It, it, it's The ending of the game is kind of rushed. Like, I feel like it could have been a bit longer. It could have been about an hour. Right. Um, but the game is very, it's very like little experience. Um, but you end up finding, you end up playing the game. And then one of the devs of the game starts chatting you, chatting to you through the chat going, how did you find this game? What are you doing in here? Do not finish. Do not capture all three flags. Do not capture that flag three times. Stop what you're doing right now. And you you sort of like keep moving and like they can, they're, spec- they're not in the game, no. but they're like spectating. They're, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very much like a love letter to those old, like Halo 1 on PC, yeah. right? It's that sort of stuff. Um, Halo 1 Mac demo. Yeah. Like that sort of stuff. Um, it was really cool. I I had a like I had a good time playing that at like midnight. It was it was the right kind of spooky. Ugh. Um Yeah, it's it's really really neat. It's very unique. Mm. Like it's it's a great little idea. Like the idea of finding an abandoned first person shooter is awesome. <laughs> that that that's such a clever space for a horror game. Yeah. Like and there's one part which which fucked me up which was like um you so you start off at your base and you walk around this like FPS map and you go to the enemy base, you pick up their flag, you take it back to your base, and then you go back to their base and there's like a hole in the wall behind their flag. Oh yeah, as if like something had like broken through. 
Yeah. It's very cool. Ugh. It's very, it's very, very cool. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's free. It's a like pay what you want on itch game. Right. Um, easily worth five bucks at least. Mm. Yeah. Really cool. That's awesome. Cool. Um, I just wanted to, I've just got one other game to bring up. I was at my brother's house and he's a, he's a, he's a dad for some young kids. So he doesn't have much time to play stuff. He's also like, you know, an adult who like, you know, he doesn't have much time to play stuff, but when he does, it's on his phone. Right. And so Apple, blah, Apple Arcade has come out recently Yep. and he um, jumped on the one month free trial and is just trying some stuff. Yep. And he, and he sent me a text um, before this, before this time we were catching up saying, Oh my God, what the golf? I was like, Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Is it, it's like, it, is it good? You're enjoying it? He's like, I'm in love with it. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And then forgot about it. And then when we were ha- hanging out, he was like, let me show you this game. And so he showed it to me and, it, and it's cool because you could be like, he was on the menu and it said continue game. And then he scrolled over and there's a show your friends button. Right. Which just shows off the unique like quirks of this game. Um, and so I'll just describe the first few things that you do. You started out and you're like, it's very low poly. It's very cute. Pastel art, art style. Um, and you're just a golf ball on this like floating golf course. And then they're like, you know, what do you do? So you pull back and then there's an arrow appears next to your golf ball. So you hit the, you hit the golf ball and the golf ball goes down the course and you hit the flag and you don't go in the hole ever. You just hit the flag and it's like, donk, you won. Right. And it's like, oh, that's cute. That's funny. Yeah. And then it closes the level and then it opens up the next one. And all of a sudden there's a person with the golf club standing next to the golf ball this time rather than just a golf ball on the course. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is weird, but okay, cool. And so you pull back and then the arrow appears, but also the, the character uh, swings back their arm because mm-hmm. they're going to hit the ball. Yep. And then when you let go, instead of the ball moving, you're the, the human with the golf club just goes flying <laughs> just ragdolls down the course right just and so then it's about getting the human yep. to hit the flag <laughs> and then the next one is your house on like a mountain and there's these cars driving up and over and down the other side of the mountaintop yeah and you've got it you've got to flip the house because when you whenever you pull back on the house it like flips and then like lands you're on a you know a square house you know kind yeah. of deal you're like landing on your roof so it's like really awkward to like flip it down and you try and like avoid the, these cars and then you hit the thing. And then the next one is you you go to move something. You don't, you're not sure what's there. You're just looking at a hole like the end of a course. And when you go to move, the hole in the course digs itself out of the ground. And all of a sudden you're this cup that <laughs> is this hole in the ground. And you've got to get this hole into this much bigger hole that's shaped like the number one. You've got to get the hole in the one right. at the end of the course. And right. there's so many, like, the next one after that, I'll just, this is the last one I'll do, because, like, all of these are such neat surprises, just so cool and fun. Like, you were just a bunch of golf clubs. Like, there's just a bunch of golf clubs on the ground, and when you pull to move, all of them activate. Right. And so you in, just like individually? This, yeah. You just <laughs> send this pile of golf clubs down the course, like... It's so fun and unique and you just go in there and you're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and that's why it's called What the Golf. And yeah. it's so delightful and surprising. I played it for five minutes and at the time I was like, I have to talk about this on the podcast. Right. That's great. I can't wait. It's out on PC. It's coming to Switch. It's not on Android. So I think I like I was really it's on enjoying- Mac as well. 
Yeah, so it'll be on, on Mac with Apple Arcade. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want... I was really enjoying the touch interface. Right. So I'm kind of waiting maybe for Switch or Android. Mm-hmm. But also maybe I'll just buy it because it's fantastic. Right. I like maybe we should play for game spoilers. Like it's wonderful. Right. Gotcha. Um, I think when you're not in the show your friends mode, it's more of a like a each um, unique thing has like three levels. Mm-hmm. And so you get the first level, which is just kind of like here's the here's the unique thing yeah and then the third one the second one is like do that one again but make it in two moves or something or like don't hit any trees yeah um and then the third one's like a harder level with that particular quirk right so you've got three levels and you can like you can like three star that quirk yeah or move on to the next quirk gotcha yeah um so yeah i just wanted to bring that up we're um we're gonna have a little break now but we're not gonna answer any questions after it because we don't have any so don't bother asking us any (laughs) we'll not be taking any further questions that is all um yes but we will we will take this break and have a and have a moment of silence for june's chest infection (laughs) (laughs) june's chest infection um we'll be back after this with some news but until then we'll be right back Welcome back to the Minimap cast. Well, normally I just throw to June <laughs> and let them take me out of this bit. But I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll just do the news like this. How does that sound, Jeremy, to you? I think you should stop that voice forever. <laughs> forever? I couldn't possibly. But I'll stop it now because that's... I, I just... I. I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to figure out a way to segue out. Um, we're going to talk about some news. Guess what's come out in the last two weeks, Jeremy? That isn't a game. Ellen Page. <laughs> the last oh, no, two that, weeks. Oh, no, that was months ago. Or years ago. Yeah, I don't know. Months, years. Uh, I'll give you a clue. It rhymes with... Gradia. Shenmue 3. <laughs> uh, that did come out. It did. It's a game and not that many people like it. Mm. The ones that do are the most interesting reviews. Like, I didn't give it like a 4.9 or something. Mm. Like, oh. And they were being generous in their like words too. They were like, there's stuff here to enjoy. And for people, fans of the series, something, something. And then I scrolled down 4.9. I was like, oh. Yeah. Um. Google Stadia yeah. has released in its 14 launch countries in which Australia is not one of them. And it has not been good. No. It's been bad. It fucking sucks. It's been really bad. <laughs> but like more than just like, oh, you know, new tech, new console, bad. Like it's been actually bad. Yeah. So. As far as, as far as I can tell, the tech has been fine. Yeah. It seems to work. That's the thing. It's not about the tech. It's like people not getting sent their codes or their founders stuff. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out the GameSpot Google Stadia reviews roundup. This was put together by Steve Watts on November 18th. Um, this is just sort of like the summary, um, paragraphs from a lot of different outlets. So yeah, I'm going to read this just so we all, we're all on the same page. Uh, and then we'll start from there. So, um, they, this starts with, uh, GameSpot's review. Yeah. So this starts, the GameSpot roundup, uh, starts with their own review, uh, Sort of summary. So we'll start with that one. 
Um, so they say, so far, Google's tech has impressed me to the point where I would comfortably play most in a browser tab or on a phone without batting an eye. But then I consider that I'll have to buy the vast majority of games and I'm left in awe of the value Microsoft and Sony are offering, even if their overall services lack Stadia's flexibility. Uh, they're just an aside here. The value that Sony and Microsoft are offering is, in, of, of course, talking about um, uh, PlayStation Plus and uh, Game Pass, getting lots of games for very cheap. Um, for the moment, cloud gaming still feels like a decent alternative to the real thing. And I don't think I'm ready to dedicate a full price game purchase to a secondary platform. That's from Peter Brown at GameSpot. Uh, CNET says, until Google finds a way to loop in YouTube and develop truly unique competitive large scale games, Stadia isn't worth your time yet. Yes, the future is possibly wild and you can see hints of the streaming only cloud-based playground Stadia wants to become. But we'll see what it shapes into over the next handful of months and check back in. That was from Scott Stein. Uh, Jessica Condit at Engadget says, Game streaming is finally viable and Stadia is leading the charge. But with this launch, it's turning out to be more of a stroll. Hey, at least we're getting there. That's optimistic. Um, Paul Tassie at Forbes says, I may have been a Stadia skeptic going into this test run, but I was willing to give it a chance. But this has been a catastrophe from start to finish during my testing phase. And the problem is that if it is that even if it did work flawlessly, which it absolutely doesn't, the entire model seemed doomed from the start. This is an enormous miss from Google, and I'm really wondering what the fallout is going to be from this ill-conceived early launch. Uh, Chris Plant from Polygon writes, Right now, we just need a cloud streaming service that works, and works well. I'm less concerned with the promises of the future that, than I am the realistic potential of tomorrow. Uh, I'll just read a few more of these. Uh, the Verge, there's no reason anyone should buy into Stadia right now. Yikes. Google has made sure of that, partly by under-delivering at launch and partly with a pricing scheme that sees you paying three times for hardware for the service for games just to be an early adopter. From uh, Sean Hollister. Uh, at VentureBeat, Jeff Grubb writes, Meanwhile, Google is right that casual players don't want to spend $300 to $500 on consoles, but they also don't want to spend $60 on software. Sure, they might buy Red Dead or FIFA, but that audience is used to getting games for free on mobile devices. So Google Stadium might work, but it doesn't actually matter. Washington Post <laughs> writes from Gene Park, Stadia is absolutely paving a new sort of information highway for gaming. My advice today is to stay in your current lane until they finish that work. I haven't heard the term information highway in like since 2013. Oh, welcome to the Washington Post. Print media, baby. Um, Wapo. And then the last one here is from Wired. Uh, Jess Gray writing this one. If you're on the fence about investing $129 in an unproven service, you're not alone. <laughs> the Premier Edition is basically for true believers who don't mind dropping serious money on what amounts to a pay-to-play beta test. What, when February rolls around and those free trials are offered, you should give it a shot. It, you might be surprised. So, yeah, it the Stadia is launched to Founder Editions only, which was sort of like pay 130 bucks. You get a Chromecast Ultra, the Chrome controller, the Stadia controller rather. You get uh, Destiny 2, the collection... Uh, you get your, um, you get to, you know, first dibs of your username, all that stuff. And you get like, like three or six months of their pro service or something like That's that. That's right. And you get yep. a buddy pass as well so that you can offer the pro service to uh, a buddy. Right. Uh, and then like basically a week before launch, they were saying things like, oh, the Stadia controller can't connect to phones without a USB cable. Yeah. Oh, the Stadia controller, it, it doesn't actually wirelessly communicate with, uh, Stadia servers currently, like we said, it was at launch. 
Oh, uh, there is no YouTube integration into Google Stadia currently. Oh, what were the other things? Um, what did they just say? Um, they kept just rolling back these features that until a week before people had thought were going to be a part of this this lineup. Yeah. Um, and then came the issues that I was hearing from people saying that they weren't getting their founders packs shipped to them. They mm. got their founders packs shipped to them, but they didn't get their code to even access the service. They got their code sent to them, but they didn't have their controller or their Chromecast. So half of it wasn't even accessible. People were saying the mobile app is really underfeatured and you've got to do all of it through the Chrome browser. Um, it's no, like you, you have to connect it through a phone. You have to set up Stadia through a phone. Oh yeah, you have to you have to set but it up. Then you like you can't redeem your like codes for games on right. Stadia through your phone. You have to do that through the browser. That's funny. Um, Chrome is crashing. <laughs> Google knows. Yeah. Google knows. Man, um, yeah, it's. Who would have thought that Google made a service that was half baked? Shocker. It's just such a shame because this is already experimental and tentative at best. People are already on the fence about this and the well is going to be poisoned for the next 12 months at least, even if these free trials go much better in the coming months. Like, people are just not going to want to go near Stadia. Yeah, and there's like, I think the, the, the cherry on top for all of this was a Eurogamer article. Okay. Um, which was, the headline is, Google responds after Stadia owners accuse it of breaking promises over game performance. Um, written by Wesley Yinpool. And there's a part in the article, which I'm just going to read. Uh, so what's going on? Google says that in response, it gives developers the freedom to set performance of their Stadia ports as they see fit. But Google said it expects performance to improve. Here's the statement. Quote, Stadia streams at 4K and 60 FPS and that includes all aspect ratios. Sorry. And that, inc- that includes all aspects of our graphics pipeline from game to screen. GPU, encoder, and Chromecast Ultra, all outputting at 4K to 4K TVs with the appropriate internet connection. Developers making Stadia games work hard to deliver the best streaming experience for every game. Like you see on all platforms, this includes a variety of techniques to achieve the best overall quality. We give developers the freedom of how to achieve the best image quality and frame rate on Stadia, and we are impressed with what they have been able to achieve day one. We expect that many developers can, and in most cases, will continue to improve their games on Stadia. And because Stadia lives in our data centers, developers are able to innovate uh, innovate quickly while de- delivering even better experiences directly to you without the need for game patches or downloads. This is the same type of statement that they've been putting out since launch. That sounds like their announcement, like like uh, like specifications overview. It's the same thing, but it's 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 what they've been saying since they announced it. It's what they said when they announced that it wasn't going to come to every major market, including Australia, except they're just simply not taking the same ownership as everybody else. Yeah. Because when they announced it, they said ISPs will accommodate the service on the data side. No, they won't. No. Now they're saying it's developers, not the tech, for missing for missing targets. 
Um, yeah. They're saying it's like, they're just basically saying it's everybody else's job to do it. Yeah. And they're like brushing their hands and taking a step back because they think they've got like some fucking like, what, like some steam store like on their hands where they're just going to like yeah. just accept. No, like, no. Like, it sounds like they think they've got like the Fortnite of consoles, you know, comes out of nowhere and dominates. Yeah. And it's like, at what point has like, at what point has an ISP ever accommodated for anything and not looked at it and go, oh, there's a market we can capitalize on. Totally. Right? And Absolutely. Like, and the idea of spending full price for a game on a service which you can only use if you have that hardware, which has got the long, the like, the fucking longevity of it is completely up in the air considering their track record. You know, they cancelled, sorry, they they completely discontinued Daydream VR a month before Stadia came out, yeah. which is just not the message you want to be sending, <laughs> right? Like, their previous games, like, um, Foray, let's cancel that one and then make the new one where you have to keep the money in this ecosystem. You can't take it elsewhere. Yeah. No. Yeah. Who wants this? Who is going to spend money on us? Who's going to buy the controller to join the service? Yeah. To then buy the game inside the service? Yeah. At, you know, it's not cheap. No, it's like, it's standard market price. Yeah. Who's going to do that? Who is this for that doesn't already have those games or doesn't, or wouldn't rather just play them on a PlayStation or an Xbox? Where yeah. they can, one, resell them if they don't like them. Two, share them between friends. Yeah. Play it whenever they want, like at home, like without internet or whatever. Yeah. In every market available, provided you've got power. Yeah. It's a, like, this is like Nintendo not putting the Mario, the custom Mario levels in Mario Maker on the 3DS. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the same thing. It's, it's like, like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Yeah. The thing that gets me is um, you've got xCloud in their um, their private beta sessions mm. at the moment. Yep. Um, and they haven't unlocked every game, but they have said at some point in 2020, the Switch is going to be flipped during this beta, which is the other thing. Why didn't Google say this was... Why Google didn't say this was a beta or a test phase or early access is beyond me because it's clearly not ready for prime time. But xCloud, meanwhile, is in their beta phase. So people are happy with glitches. It's running better. Yeah. From what I hear, performance wise, yeah. visually and response time. Yep. You've got a much wider range of games for you to play. Mm-hmm. You can play things for free in that in that particular beta. Like you just get access to Halo Five and Gears of War Five and Sea of Thieves and Forza. Like yeah. you just get access to them. And on top of that, once the the, the switch is gonna be flipped sometime in twenty twenty, or like as they work on this product more, where you have access to games that you own on Xbox already. Yep. You can stream from your Xbox yep. using xCloud technology if you do want to do that. And you will also have access to Games Pass games to stream, that, mm. to stream as well. Yep. If you have Game Pass and xCloud access, you will have at your fingertips anywhere access to hundreds of games for the cost of, what, like 20 bucks a month? Yeah. You could just be like, I feel like playing Hitman while I'm on the train home. Or instead, why don't I try playing some Rocket League? Or instead, some Void Bastards? Or like, uh, what's another one? Forza, any any first party Mine- Minecraft. title. Minecraft, you could be playing something like The Outer Worlds. Gears you, 5. Gears like, 5, all that, yeah. Hellblade. Like, 
What an incredible value proposition. Mm. Like I I've made this like I've heard this joke and I've I've made this joke myself as well. Like that <laughs> that Microsoft have been uh They've been making a great case to never buy an Xbox. Yeah, they have. <laughs> um, but also, like, they're getting you in the ecosystem, so they're happy, right? They want you on their service. Yeah. Yeah. Like Th- This is the games as a service future that everybody's been dreading, um, and it's a shame how affordable it is because it's very enticing. Oh, it sure is. And it's worrying. It makes you worry about the developers. It makes you worry about everyone getting the deal, you know? Like, <laughs> services like this that exist in other industries, like Netflix, like Spotify. Yeah. Like, ownership is dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. people... Like, I worry for people who want to be full-time musicians because I don't know where they're getting their money from because yeah. it sure as hell isn't Spotify. No, God, no. Or, anyway. Or, or, or Tidal. <laughs> or Apple Music or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The other ones that no one uses. Pandora. Amazon Music. I think that's it. They sell anything on Kindle... App Store. <laughs> Can you use your Kindle as a as a media playback device? <laughs> I mean, e-ink. Pro- probably just audiobooks, right? Probs. Yeah. Anyway, it just gives you sheet music. <laughs> Hum it. <laughs> it's got like a karaoke like bubble yeah. on top of all of the words, <laughs> on top of all the notes. Yeah. Uh, it's like listening to a a MIDI Sibelius playthrough. Anyway. Mm. What a crying shame that this game isn't, that this launch isn't a resounding success. Um, we'll see what happens when the public launch happens and we'll also see what happens, I guess, in 12 months. I'll be very interested to see what happens in 12 months when we come back. Google has announced today that they're shutting down Stadia service. I mean... I'm, All five of you are upset. I'm, hope- <laughs> I'm hoping we get to the point where it's like, oh, PS5 and Xbox One games are available right now on Stadia. Like, that's kind of enticing, isn't it? You don't have to pay $500, $600 for a new game. Like, that's possible because theoretically it's just PCs, right? It's possible. We'll yeah. see what happens next year. Oh, I also don't like Google, though. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't have to. You own a Pixel. I know. I You've know. got a. am looking at, like, one of how many Google smart speakers in your house? They gave them to me for free. They did. They sent me an email saying... It was free. They did. They did. They sent me an email, which was the most horrifying email I've ever fucking read in my goddamn life, which is, thanks for being a valued customer. We're going to send you a fucking a Google Home Mini. It sounds like you're the problem, Jeremy. That was fucked. That was like, here, thank you, valued customer. Is that because they called you valued customer and you were like, oh no, I've been feeding the beast. Well, that and it's like also like they value me enough to put a microphone in my house. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up. It's fucked up. And then you put it in your house. I know. <laughs> you don't have any legs to stand on in this argument. I'm, I'm allowed to complain and be a part of the problem at the same time. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, it's not my fault they're so enticing. Speaking of enticing gigantic companies that don't do enough with the money that they have. And what, how is this company enticing? <laughs> the company isn't, but the game is. I mean, yeah, okay. Fair. Half-Life... Alex has been announced. It is a VR exclusive Half-Life game made by Valve set between the events of Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2. Jeremy, why is this so exciting? What a year. Why? Kingdom Hearts 3, Shenmue 3, and a Half-Life game. <laughs> 2001 all over again, baby. Oh, boy. Um, so, 
This is exciting. Well, rather Deadly Premonitions too, like fuck it, it like just oh, everything. The amount of times you bring up Deadly Premonitions. So Half Life is a mandate. Half Life is Half Life hasn't existed for the last twelve years. No, and it is one of the darlings of the game industry. Well, it, it was. was. It was. I, I don't a, think it is anymore. It was. I, yeah. I mean, I am saying it was. Yeah. It was a pinnacle of gameplay, visual fidelity, PC gaming, the the frontier for the Steam store in the mid two thousands. It was the. It was part of the orange box. It was in everyone's house. So many people have played Half Life Two, not only because it was an excellent game at the time, but because it was everywhere. Half-Life 1 is a study in game design. It's it's unbelievable the, the history this franchise has. Yeah. And Valve, like it has been with all of its franchises, including Portal and Left 4 Dead, has been sitting on it for 12 years. It's been 12 years since a Half-Life game came out. Really? Yeah. I thought it was more than that. No, 2007 when the Orange Box came out with Half-Life Episode 2. Oh. I... That game ended on a cliffhanger, I'll point it I'll point out. Yeah, I know. I think the last game Valve properly released, like in terms of like a retail story single player based game, was Portal 2. Yeah. Which was 2011. Yeah. Since then they released Dota 2 and Artifact. Or, and that, um, that Portal 2 VR thing. I guess that yeah, they did release the lab. Yeah. Um so this was very surprising to hear. It's it's part of it is meant to push Valve's new um, headset that isn't a part of HTC, the Valve Index. Yeah. Um, so it is. this game is designed to showcase that headset, but it is also available on basically all uh, Windows headsets that can play. Windows Mixed Reality headsets, Oculus Quest, if you've got the cable, like you can play it on most anything. Really? Yeah. I, th- I thought they would have made it exclusive. Nope. Interesting. Um, I suppose they want people to actually play it. Totally. <laughs> Um, and they realized that the, I, I think they'd be silly considering how uh, slim the player base for VR is already mm. um, and fractured it is. They'd be, they'd be silly to uh, limit it. Um, now, Stadia with a headset. With a VR. Stadia and VR. VR Stadia. VR Stadia. If that worked. No. Nah. If if that no. but if no if you could just buy you got a 4K phone what if you just you could stream the 4K thing to your phone chuck it in a Daydream VR Google chuck it in there play it through Stadia VR requires so much hardware though and then your your output your 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 you're putting out content that requires a much higher barrier to entry Stadia's Biggest promise is that you could just open it in a Chrome tab. Yeah, but no. if you go with VR, you need uh, either a phone that can run it or they need a seller headset. Then you need hand controllers if you want hand tracking. How do they handle room tracking? Like, I don't, I don't think that works. Quest can do it. Quest. Yeah, but that's, but that's, they could do it for $600. Yeah, but like if you remove the components inside of the Quest, <laughs> that, uh, that is like actually like, pl- that is like rendering the game. <laughs> I reckon I reckon <laughs> that is the future of Stadia. If they made it the VR without having to have a two thousand dollar computer and a one thousand dollar headset, that would be killer. Yeah, but that just is quest. Quest is quest is six hundred bucks. It's too much. Stadia is going to be that too. What? Stadia VR? 
No, because I don't need the computer parts inside the hardware. They've got the data centers and the teraflops and all that, sh- all that shebang. <laughs> if what you're suggesting is, but, but uh, how are you going to handle room tracking? How are you going to handle hand tracking? You need hardware to do that. Hey, I'm just an ideas man. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I'm saying they should look at it. Google, call me. You got my number. <laughs> Literally. Just talk to me. And, and everything else. I'm sitting in front of your speaker right now. You're like Harry Potter sitting in front of the yeah. fireplace waiting to talk to Sirius Black. I, sh- I, should have, I should have unplugged all my Google Homes while I was talking about that so they wouldn't just take my idea and steal it. Yeah. Thieves. Thieves. Assassins. Valve Index. Half-Life. A Half-Life game is coming out, Jeremy. It's weird. And like, it looks good. Yeah. The trailer looks incredible. Um, it's got Reese Darby. I'm going to Google that. Yeah, there's a there's a New Zealand character in there. Um, so part of the staple of Half-Life 2 is obviously the gravity gun that you hold. And it was like meant to showcase physics simulations in 2004. It is Reese Darby. Cool. Who's from Flight of the Concords, you were saying? Yes. Cool. If you've definitely, do you know who he is? After really. the, you Google him. You you you've seen him in things. This is the equivalent of them hiring um, Stephen Merchant for Wheatley, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Character actor, funny. That's sort of their criteria. Yeah, <laughs> funny character. That actor. was what they did the last time they made a single player game eight years ago. Yeah. Um. So it's coming out March next year, which is soon, which is cool. Yeah. Um. And it looks awesome. Like the it's it's got the thing that VR games are moving towards, which is that sort of like, um, obviously the hand tracking and the interaction is good, but like proper like physics interaction with your hands. So like you're like moving things on shelves and all of the things interact with each other and like like move away and towards and away from each other. Like if that makes sense. Like it's like a full world immersion kind of thing. Like you can like put your hands on shelves in there, which is weird, I guess, because like your hand isn't going to be on a shelf, but like. It looks like to have incredible, um, uh, like, item and world physics simulation interaction. Yeah. Um, like, picking up bullets, loading it into the gun, cocking the, cocking the thing, pulling the trigger, and then, and then, like, that's what it looks to really be nailing. But um, with the gravity gun set in Half-Life 2, um, this in canon, because it's set before Half-Life 2, you've got gravity gloves. So you can like pick things up that are metal with your, or not metal, just things. You can pick things up with your hand from a distance. So if a gun's on the ground, you can pick it up. Like you just like point at it, like use the force basically. Yeah. Pulls it to your hand, um, which I think is a really clever way of. Um, I mean, it lends itself to VR like majorly. So much. And it stays in canon in terms of where the technology would have been. So many parts of of Half-Life 2 were about scale. It was like big alien stilt walkers and, and the combine ships and the gigantic tower in the city. And um, But like part of the thing that really freaks me out about this is like you're going to be in VR and there are going to be like like face huggers trying to like kill you. Yeah. And um, ant lions, those gigantic like spider, mm. like like human-sized spider things that burrow, under, burrow underground, like... This game is going to be intense. Apparently, it's the full length of Half-Life 2, like the same kind of length. Right. It's a full VR game. Um, I don't know anyone who has a headset that could play it, but I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. 
fucking weird, man. Yep. Really weird. Yep. Um, it does make me want to buy a Quest, considering that it can run on a Quest so long as you've got the USB-C cable. Did you buy a Quest? Ah, except you need a USB-C to C connection, and I don't have a computer with a USB-C to C connection, so never mind. You need a US... What? So, Oculus Quest... Yeah. If you didn't know, Oculus Quest is the fully wireless version of Oculus. Yeah. You don't need to have it attached to a computer. There are no wires. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's like a mobile headset. I've tried it and it's phenomenal. If you have, they've updated it since. If you have a USB-C to USB-C cable going into a USB-C computer that is VR ready, it functions as a normal Oculus headset. So you could play fully featured Oculus games on your Oculus Quest if you plug it in. Why? Why C? <laughs> Why only USB-C to C? What do you mean? Why can it not just be plugged into USB 3.0? Because USB 3.0 isn't high enough speed. Is C faster than 3.0? Yeah, man. Really? USB-C is fucking... Yeah. USB-C can handle video output, power output, and like USB dongle in one cable connection. Because it can handle that much data and power and throughput at once. USB 3.0 is a relic compared to USB-C. Wow. That's bonkers. Yeah, it is bonkers. That's why that thing is USB-C. Right. USB-C to C specifically rather than USB-C to USB 3.0. I suppose that's why my MacBook only has USB-C. Yeah. Mm. And that's why those dongles are so expensive but so capable and powerful. Right. You get those those... From one USB port, you're running an HDMI plug, like an SD card reader, two USB 2.0 ports, mm. a USB 3.0 port, and it's charging your laptop at the same time. Like, USB-C is nuts. Wow. Yeah. So, you can you can turn your Quest with one cable. If you have the computer that's ready for it already, with one cable, you can turn the Quest into a fully featured Oculus headset. Weird. Yeah. Like, how great is that? That's like, cool. what a good... Value proposition I if should, you already have the computer. I should buy a Quest. Yeah, but you don't have a USB-C output on your computer. I so. will. Are you sure? I think on so. On your motherboard? You on should my, check. On my new one, I probably will. Probably. It means you'll have to plug it into the back of your computer. I got a long cable. This is one. So well, then it's got to be high enough bandwidth. Yeah, this is. Anyway, anyway, you, like you'll need like a three to five meter cable. I'll just sit close. I, that's, just, that's, I, just, I just won't look around. Oh my god, <laughs> nightmare. Um, anyway, I'm excited for this. Yeah, like I said, I don't know anyone who who has anything that will mean that I can play it, nope. but I'm still excited for it. Valve have made a game. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not all in. Like no, I'm very tempered. 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 Tempered expectations. Oh, tempered. Yeah. <laughs> Not tempered. No. Right. <laughs> my, my, Have you ever been tempered my bowling? My tempered expectations are tepid. Have you ever been tempered bowling? Oh, my God. Uh, so, we'll see what happens. I'm not... Yeah, we'll see. I'm not I'm not big on Valve right now. They're a bit... Mm. Um, Speaking part of, of the reason why... Do you want to take this one or do you want me to go through it? Ah, uh, never mind. I did that one. You can do this one. Okay. Um, they killed Campo Sampo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Everything just like left my mind when that when that came out of my mouth. So, Campo Santo. Yep. <laughs> the developer. 
<laughs> Come back to me, Campo Sambo. <laughs> Fuck. It's really hot in this room. It's so hot. Uh, Campo Santo, the developers of Firewatch, one uh-huh. of the best games of 2016. 17. 16, 16, 16. 16, 16. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah, developers of Firewatch, which was a great little, sort of little. Narr- like three to five hours. Yeah, narrative game, unique, great storytelling, great voice acting, all that stuff. Amazing visuals. Yeah. Made by ex-Telltale developers. Right. Um, they got bought by Valve after they announced their new game, In the Valley of Gods which was a game set in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of all we really knew. Yeah, they announced it in December 2017 at the Game Awards. Yep. And then Valve bought them in April. Yeah. After a preview of it. Yes. They, um, April 2018, I should say. They're both based in Washington. Cool. Um, which is one of probably one of the reasons they bought them. Yep. Um, so they could fold them into Valve relatively simple. As far as I'm aware, like probably no one really had to move. Yeah. Um, uh, recently... As of like two months ago or something, um, the a lot of the developers from Campo Santo head developers, a lot of the head developers of Campo Santo had removed them playing uh, th- them like the the statement in their Twitter bios saying working on in the Valley of Gods and have changed it to some, something along the lines of working for Valve. Yes. Um, the Campo Santo website has also removed In the Valley of Gods from their homepage. As far mm-hmm. as I'm aware, the, I can't find that website anymore. Um, and the uh, YouTube announcement video on the Campo Santo YouTube account has also been moved to private. Yep. Um, the Game Awards trailer is still up. The one that's on their channel is still up. Yeah, but the Campo Santo one that they have control over is yeah. not. Same with like the IGN one and all the people who have rehosted yeah, it. Like yeah. you can still view the trailer through other means, but yeah, it's not listed. It's still listed on the Campo Santo Twitter bio. Yeah. Um, which is an odd inconsistency. Um, however, that does not bode well. No. Um, it doesn't. I'm sure. I I I saw people were speculating on Twitter. And I am sure there is some information there which the developers are not allowed to say. Yep. Um, and I'm sure they wish they could share that information, but they are not allowed to. Mm-hmm. And I feel for them because if this game has been shelved, that's very sad because that game looks quite cool. And they were making that game while they're an independent studio, which means they decided to make this game. Can, I mean, can you imagine you break out from a large... Like Telltale was very, very large. It was... Mm. Technically speaking, independent, but it had like hundreds of people there. So, yeah. like, it kind of, it's a bit weird. Can you imagine breaking out from that? Making a critically acclaimed game. It's your first time. You do a great job. People love it. It's critically acclaimed. You get to grow the studio. You get to develop a new idea. Ideate on it. Gets to debut at the Game Awards. And then you get bought out by Valve. One of, if not the biggest game, like names in gaming right now. Mm, like top three. Like right up there with EA. They make yep. so much money. Like a... Like a vomitous amount of money yeah. on Steam alone. Yes, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're you're like you've made one game, and your creative projects start getting shelved. You start getting shuffled around, put on. But on the other hand, what's it going to be like to work on a Half Life game? Yeah, you know, like that must be pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I sure I, I'm sure not all of them are working on the Half Life game. No. Um, you know, there's and this this sort of falls into my biggest issue with Valve as like a company and their place in the industry is that they have this wealth 
Yeah. And they have this position in the industry to do something unique and incredible. And take risks. And take risks that there's no danger of them folding because they own fucking Steam, right? Like they take a 30% cut of any game purchase. Any game. Um, $60, $100, $3. Yeah, they have a Steam marketplace. Yeah, let me buy your CSGO knife for $400. Yeah, and they have like, you know... They have hardware. They have hardware. Or they, they've cancelled the... Um, they have stopped development of the Steam controller um, as of like today. Um, but they have like the rights to some of the most loved franchises in PC gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hear these stories of their like farcical fucking structure of, you know, everybody could work on whatever they want at Valve provided and no one's got any bosses it's like a completely lateral working environment right no one's got any people who are in charge of anything apart from the reality is that of course they do uh, yeah apart from the reality is you have bosses and if you don't work on the thing your bosses want you to work on then you get in trouble you get fired it's just like a load of shit it's just a completely fucking like it's like communist propaganda it's like some fucking silicon valley ass like oh you know we're a really free working space except like it's what the guy in charge says yeah and that's it yeah it's a load of fucking garbage um and they haven't made a game you know like like, look artifact is a game and i'm sure people who worked on artifact probably love that thing that they worked on However, that's a card game in like 2018 or 2019, whenever it got fucking announced. Came out last year. Came out last year. And it flopped. And it like no one plays it. And they folded it away. They were like, all right, we're taking this offline. We're going to work on it some more. Right. Like, because it didn't, it didn't work. Yeah. With and the fucking Twitch like allocation. Do you remember this when it came out? And the, the, if you, a bunch of people were rebroadcasting porn on Twitch. That's right. And calling and like putting it under the game category of artifact. Yeah. For whatever reason, they picked that one dead game. And like it was it was dying at the time and it was like, wow, what yeah. a PR nightmare. And you know, I'm I I can't imagine what it would be like to work in that company. I don't know if it's good or bad. Like no. it's like you don't hear anything out of fucking Valve. No. People come and go all the time. It is like a monthly thing of people leaving and joining that company. Yeah. And most of the people that have been leaving the company have been like story narrative people for the past like four years. Yeah. Um, and then they hire Campo Santo. They don't hire, they acquire Campo Santo. Yeah. It, the fuck, man? Yeah. I don't get it. It's very mysterious. Valve, just, uh, Valve has to support Gabe Newell's knife collection. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. He owns like 200 knives. He's like a collector of knives. Wow. It's really weird. I mean, I own about 15, but... No, no, no. Like like, <laughs> like knives. Oh, knives. Yeah. Well, you know what they say. Knives out. Directed by Ryan Johnson in cinemas now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why that phrase is in my head, because I read that review this morning. Yep. Um... So yeah, yeah, that's about it for the news. Except for one final thing, Jeremy. What is it? All oh, right, Shenmue Three came out. <laughs> <laughs> Halo Reach for yes. PC yes. is coming out on December third, 
and I am so excited. We'll be playing it by the time we're doing the next podcast. Exactly. It'll be out next week. Mm. I don't think I'll be able to play it on December 3rd, but that weekend, I'm hoping I've got some spare time. <laughs> I don't have my roster yet. Download it that weekend, that got, day. Like, I'm gonna, we are going to be so all over this game. We're going to play through it, and then we're going to play the multiplayer, and then we'll play through it on Legendary, and we'll get all the skulls, and we'll do all the things that you do when you own and play a Halo game. Yep. I'm so excited. Yep. I've never owned a Halo game. Really? Yeah. Not even one? <laughs> no. Wow. I'm so excited, Jeremy. Not even Wars? No. Nah. You can play Wars now. There was so Every time a Halo game came out, I had a conversation with my dad like, hey, so there's like this sale on Xbox 360 yeah. right now. And he was like, uh, no. I'm like, but Halo's come out. He's like, yeah, no. So Halo Reach, that game... That, so I bought a 360 after... ODST came out. Right. So Halo Reach was my first time playing Halo on launch. Cool. I played a lot of Halo 3. Like Three, uh, Bungie's last Halo game. Yes. Bungie's last game before Destiny. Yeah. Um, and I remember I had a bunch of random friends who I couldn't tell you any of their names on Welcome Xbox. The Xbox 360. Yeah, like, like all those stories about Xbox 360, like people jumping on and playing with your friends, like... Yeah. You know random that, friends you know that scene in like The Force Awakens where it's like it's true all of the stories are true <laughs> it's that yeah. except they all they like and it was a fucking delightful time yeah. to play those games it was just like you jump on and you've no you know nine people who are already playing and you say oi add me and they just send you a party invite and you're there with nine other people who have all got the same awful fucking microphone you do yeah and you're all some playing. of them are in their kitchen yeah, and you can hear dogs barking and fucking air conditioners going into the mic and all that stuff. And, and it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, and it's you're playing these custom games and everybody finds these random ass game like custom matches from different people and it's like creative in the weirdest way. Yeah. And you're making jokes which really is so inappropriate because it was 2009. Yeah. <laughs> um and then they announced Halo Reach, and it was like this was it. This was like the penultimate Halo game. This was ultimate. The, sorry, yeah, ultimate. I always say penultimate. It's the ultimate Halo game. Mm-hmm. It is like got one of the best stories. It's got some of the best music. It has got the best forge mode. Like you can you can literally change X Y Z coordinates. Whoa. To put to make stuff match up seamlessly. Oh my. God, all that's... Of, all of this with a 360 controller. That's amazing. You can, like, make so many different types of game modes and maps, and there's file-sharing systems up the fucking wazoo, because... Also, they, they iterated on the combat, and they added all the suit abilities. Yeah, and, like, those abilities, while sort of were kind of funky through the canon, like, they added, like, a different element to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so special like that game was like that was it like they 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 iterated they iterated on the multiplayer progression system all of that stuff yeah you can customize every piece of armor it's got one of the best endings in like a first person shooter yeah and there's like there's still part of me that like because every halo game has like a legendary ending yeah where if you beat on the hardest difficulty you get an extra cutscene. we're doing this by the way yeah there isn't in reach yeah, that was right. the only one that they didn't there add. There's one ending. Yeah, there is one ending for two reasons. One, because I think they actually planned to do a legendary ending, and I think they were going to patch it in later because a bunch of people who worked at Bungie said, maybe you just haven't found it yet. Right. Or they did it as like a final full stop. Yeah. Similar to there being like no post credit scene in Endgame. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know what the truth is. 
Um, but the what f- is the truth? <laughs> do you know how this game ends? I do. Okay, so that fi- that final mission. Spoiler warning. Well, all I'm saying is oh, that you're not saying it. No, okay, cool. that final mission doesn't have an end. You can play that final mission forever, theoretically. Yeah. Yes. Which is why people played that final mission for a long time, trying to find a legendary ending. Yeah. And there are secrets throughout that game which link up to the final mission, which no one figured out. Yeah. There are these really weird gold elites throughout the game called Bob. But- and they they show up cloaked at the very, very beginning of a mission and run in the opposite direction to where you're going. And you can just like walk past them without even knowing because they're cloaked. Yeah. And they only show up sometimes. And I have Weird. no idea what they mean. It's like G-Man. But it's like Bungie. That, that's the kind of shit that Bungie did. They would hide these secrets in plain oh, sight so all in on their the secrets. time. So, yeah, it's the beginning. Halo's finally back on PC. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. This is only the beginning. Yeah. And we're starting with Reach. We're starting with Reach. And then we get one, two, three, ODST, and four. I have a feeling that... Already, uh, that three by the time three comes out, one of the reasons that they're doing this sequentially you is you think they're going to remaster. It. I think they'll remaster. It. I don't want them to. I think three stands up. It doesn't. However, <laughs> you can, you can just do both anyway, right? Because you can always go back to the old graphics. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it needs it though. Oh, that's what it does. It's pretty rough. Doesn't seven. God, I remember playing Halo three. Like I I didn't own Halo. I didn't own it. I've never owned an Xbox. Yeah, but um, my stepsister's boyfriend at the time left his Xbox at my dad's house for one of the weekends that I was there and I got to play it all fucking weekend. Yep. And it was a blast. Mm-hmm. But what I specifically remember one of the one of the major things I remember were the graphics yep. being so mm. so outrageously good. Yeah, no, they Bungie got the 360 immediately. Like they just got it. And like that was that was an early 360 game. It was 2007, right? It was the 7th of the 7th, 2007. Yep. Oh, that game. Mm. About to go back to an old time, a yep. time that I've barely been a part of. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going to be filled with nostalgia. Yeah, man. It's going to be so fucking good. Uh, and with that, we've given you something to look forward to in the next episode of the Minimapcast. And that is because this one has ended. Some fucking weird roundabout way to say that sentence. <laughs> yeah, it worked in my head, but I couldn't make it. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't. Hey, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. This has been the Minimap Cast. You can find this episode, all other episodes, and all of our content on minimap.com.au and podcast services around the world. Um, well, you can't find... All of our content on podcasts, like our articles on our podcast. All of our podcasts are on podcast services. All the other stuff's on the on the website. You can find our podcast services in more places. You can find Stadia. Do you mean yes. places in the world or places online? Because I think the, the answer world. is both. Yeah, both. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you want to keep up to date with what's coming out, when it's coming out, you can follow us on Twitter. The Minimap Twitter is at MinimapAU. Mine is at KJPalmer underscore 24. Jeremy's is... XX underscore Weed Goku Master Chief underscore XX. XX Arby and the Chief 420. <laughs> XX. Oh, man. They're going to bring back Arby and the Chief. Arby too. and the Chief. Um, that show's still going. Good. Yeah. Somehow it survived Machinima's collapse. So there's a story there. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll cover that next week. We're playing Halo, Jeremy. Um, you can also follow June 
at Juness. That's J U N E underscore E double S S. Um, e double S. Hang on. Let me do that again. J U N underscore E double S. Yeah. E double S S. I've heard Jude say that so many times. And saying it just then was just like a fever dream. J U N E underscore E double S S. No. Okay. No. I know, right? It's J U N underscore E double S. Yes. You can also support this podcast and minimap.com.au on patreon.com slash minimapau. Have a look over there. See if there's anything that's worth 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 your money, worth your time, worth look worth having a look. Have a have a have a gander. And um in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. We'll we'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.